The Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, In those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branches become tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, we thank you for this season that encourages us to wait. We ask that you would walk with us these days, that we would be unhurried toward what comes ahead. We ask that your presence among us would become real and tangible, and that we would be your hands in this world. Amen. So we have had wailing and gnashing of teeth over the last couple of weeks to end the gospel text, but I have to say, as a preacher, to be able to end with the words, keep awake before the sermon, seems like uh, the right admonition as we move into this season. Not every week is the lesson so kind. We're at the beginning of the year, and the world around us has been moving ahead very rapidly. It has struck me as kind of curious that Nordstrom's has gotten so much hype for waiting until after Thanksgiving to decorate their stores. And then we've heard all of the news over the last few days on Black Friday. We were driving just past Porter Ranch in Southern California, I'm sure, as the woman was being carted off after having pepper sprayed the first 30 people in line at Walmart to make sure that all of the Xboxes wouldn't be gone. That sense of haste, that sense of racing ahead, in the gospel text that we have for today, we know that it was written a generation after the events that were portrayed in the text. This sense of waiting, 
something we're good at, right? Waiting. Long periods of time, particularly when it's undefined, right? We might be able to handle the end of a degree or something like that. Well, I can, I can see the end, and we can cross days off on the calendar. And even that's not fun, but at least there's some sense of it being finite. But what about when we hear things, well, it'll happen, you know, sometime. It'll happen when God's ready. Christ will come again. You know, at, at that point in time. It's hard to work up the enthusiasm even to cross days off on the calendar because to what extent are those meaningful? It's hard to know if you're making progress. Well, are we close? Closer today than yesterday, I suppose. Does it mean today, this afternoon? As we gather in Advent, we have this strange season. The rest of the world has already skipped Advent and moved right on to Christmas, which will be the time as good Christians where we will be done with Christmas and ready to move on, when in fact Christmas will just be starting. I think sometimes our Orthodox sisters and brothers have the right way on some things, in particular observing all of the 12 days of Christmas and on the recognition of the Magi coming on the 6th of January. That is the date when gifts are exchanged. Hallmark wasn't on board with that. And, you know, the end of the fiscal year is December 31. We got things we got to wrap up. It's Black Friday, right? I remember thinking, why Black Friday? Well, that's the day that all the businesses then are in the black. But let's talk about our calendar. We can get consumed with what is coming up at the end of the week, the end of the month, the end of the year. We can look at even broader calendars. Where do I see myself five years from now, when I'm done with school, when I'm retired, when we have the house paid off, when we can get into a home. We have these deadlines that we've given ourselves, but sometimes the deadlines aren't so easy. And it's a time of year when we feel like we're barely hanging on and yet we're supposed to shift it into the next gear because it's, you know, Christmas and So now there's all kinds of extra things we're supposed to be about. It's not always easy to try and keep up with all of those things. And the texts for today wrestle with that. The first reading in particular talks about this sense of life not being quite the way it ought to be. We hear stories like I mentioned before about the pepper spray and Walmart and Xboxes and it's kind of a a humorous example of the world being a little out of kilter. But we can think of all kinds of ways in which the world is off its balance. We can think of reports that we get back from our doctors that we want to trade for someone else's. We can think of bonuses at the end of the year that don't look quite like last year's did or the year before. We can think of jobs that we anticipated having at the start of the new year that suddenly aren't there. We can think of that 
health insurance that we depended on until it suddenly wasn't there. Those are the things that crowd our calendars too. Maybe not with specific dates and times, but with the sense that it's not working the way it should. The Old Testament reading is classic today because the blame for all of this, the people put squarely on God. Well, God, you know, if you hadn't tempted me so much, I just really, we wouldn't be in this spot now. God, if you hadn't done this or that or the other thing, we would be the great people you wanted us to be. Surely this mess that I am in is somebody else's fault. Not mine. Or at the end of the day, when we're turning the lights off and thinking to ourselves, how did I get into this spot? That's where Advent begins. This is the start of the year for us. And why isn't the start of the year at Christmas? Because we have to take a moment and wrestle with that space that says, how did I get here? How did I get into this shape? How did this happen to me? What have I done? That's where we start the year. There is this great sense of joy in this season. The church for generations and centuries associated a color with Lent, purple, that we also associated with Advent as being times of preparation. But this season is different. Lent is kind of like preparation, like clean the house, throw all the furniture on the driveway so you can scrub it, training for a marathon, getting your shots before a trip. That's kind of Lent. Advent is painting the nursery. It's getting ready, but a very different tone. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to be engaged in this action that God is about, coming into our world. That's what this is about. It's not about strictly looking backwards 2,000 years and saying, you know, how could there possibly be a cuter story that involves a baby? And animals, right? It's great. That's not what this season is about. This season is about Christ's promised return. Sometime sooner today than it was yesterday, when all things will be made new. And the question for us then is kind of like the gospel text suggests today. What does it mean to be awake and alert for this sense of Christ coming again? Does it mean a tree and gifts? Perhaps in this season it does. But how else are we called to be awake? There's an interesting image in the text for today that talks about an owner leaving a property and leaving those who are there in charge of their tasks. That's us. Our tasks are to be out and working with God towards those who are hurting. Those who are waking up as well saying, how did I get here? Where am I? What have I done? 
and to be engaged with them where they are hurting. This is often a season for charity and other things like that. This season, we have traditionally had the angel tree in the narthex, and we do this year. There are tags on there that you can take to assist those who are not going to have gifts this year otherwise. We're also collecting for a ministry in San Francisco used hoodies and sweatshirts that are in good condition and clean. should make an important point to say that. Clean, used sweatshirts and hoodies. Think of those ways in which you can be engaged in God's activity here and now. But I think the biggest piece I want to leave you with as we begin this season of Advent is to recognize that Christ is coming back as he promised. And as we look at that parable that talks about the slaves of the household all at their tasks, ask yourself this week, Where is my station? Where am I supposed to be staffing God's household in this place? Where am I to be involved and engaged, ready for Christ to return? So as you think about all of the preparations that we do this season with trees and flowers and guests and candles, take one big step back and say, what does that kind of preparation look like towards our neighbors, towards the poor, towards those who are hurting, and not just for a month, but for our whole lives. Amen.